0: Well, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 8 through 8 and 9, not 8 through 9, 8 and 9. <clears throat> Satan and his work. The title of this series is Believe This, and my, my goal is to get you to believe uh, the things, or at least to help you to understand the, the basics of the faith that uh, you believe, or the faith that we believe. Let me start by uh, talking to you about <clears throat> how we often overlook Satan. A research project determined that our brain blinds our minds to the unusual. In one study, <clears throat> researchers put a clown on a unicycle in the path of pedestrians. The researchers asked people who walked by or passed the clown if uh and by the way let me just say this for you uh, to you um, this may never happen but if you're ever attacked by a group of clowns i'm serious go for the juggler <laughs> shall i wait till you all get it or just <clears throat> the re- That's just stupid, isn't it? The researchers asked people who walked past the clown if they had noticed anything unusual. And everybody saw him unless they were on their cell phone. And three out of every four people who had been on their cell phone did not see the clown. They walked right past him and they didn't see him. They looked back in astonishment, unable to believe that they had missed him after they were asked about him. They had looked straight at him, but had not registered his presence. The unicycling clown crossed their paths, but not their minds. This is much the way the world encounters Satan and his works. He crosses our paths, but not often our minds. The New York Times reported that two-thirds of all Americans do not believe that Satan is real. The Bible reports otherwise. Today, I want to show you that Satan is real. I want to show you how he got to be real, what he does, and how he does it. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. You're adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in uh, your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. First of all, where did Satan come from? Let's talk about the beginnings, the beginning of Satan. Some think that God is real, but Satan isn't real. However, the same book that brought you God brings you Satan, the exact same book. The way that you learned of God, you learned of Satan through the Word of God. People see the beauty of the world and creation, and they conclude that God is real. But oftentimes they fail to conclude that the devil is real even by seeing the ugliness and the evil in the world around them. Satan is very real. In fact, Satan is one of God's created beings, oddly enough. He was an angel who rebelled against God. He fell from the favor of the Almighty God, literally falling from heaven. Satan was once in the service of God, and he enjoyed some heavenly benefits in being in the service of God, but through pride and ambition and a desire to be like the Almighty God, Satan fell from God's service, and he took for himself a host of angels who fell with him. We call them demons. The Bible describes the origin of Satan in a couple of places. Isaiah 48, or excuse me, 14 and 12. How are you fallen from heaven, O daystar, son of dawn, How are you cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low? You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till the unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst, and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you. O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. And Jesus was there and spoke of it in these terms in Luke 10, 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan <clears throat> fall like lightning from heaven. This is the beginning of Satan. These are the beginnings of Satan. But there's much more to uh, see about him in the Bible. He's given a lot of names. Let me tell you some of the names of Satan. He is called Abaddon in Revelation 9, 11. He is called the accuser of the brethren in Revelation 12.10, the adversary in 1 Peter 5.8, and Apollyon in Revelation 9.11. He's Beelzebub in Matthew 12.24. He's Belial in 2 Corinthians 6.15, the devil in Matthew 4.1, and the dragon in Revelation 12.9. He's also called the enemy in Matthew Thirteen thirty nine, the father of all lies, in John eight forty four, the god of this world, in Second Corinthians four four, the king of Babylon, in Isaiah fourteen four, king of Tyrus, in Ezekiel twenty eight twelve, the little horn, in Daniel seven eight, Lucifer, in Isaiah fourteen twelve, and the man of sin, in Second Thessalonians two three. He is that old serpent in Revelation 20 and verse 2, the power of darkness in Colossians 1.13, the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians two, 2 and the prince that shall come in Daniel 9.26. He's the prince of Tyrus in Ezekiel 28.2, and the prince of this world in John 12.31. Satan is the ruler of the darkness of this world in Ephesians 6:12, he is Satan in Job 1:6, the serpent in Genesis 3:1, the son of perdition in John 17:12, the tempter of Matthew 4:3, and he is the wicked one of Matthew 13:19. Yet a lot of people believe there is a God but there is no Satan. Satan is very very real. He has a lot of names. But none of those names are endearing. He is called an angel of light, but he is the prince of darkness and should not in any way be underestimated as the force force of evil in this present world or in our lives. He's out there. He's here every single day. Satan cannot be redeemed, and he will not change his ways. That's how he got started, and those are his names. But what does he do? What does Satan do for a living? What is his occupation? Well, let's look now at the work of Satan. In our text, Simon Peter tells us that Satan roams around the earth doing his work. But what's his line of work? Well, he does a lot of things. Let me give you four of his occupations. He has more than this, but I'll give you four Kind of popular occupations. First of all, he confuses. He's a confuser. He loves to confuse. We know that God is not the author of confusion, but Satan is main or majors on confusion. It's especially true in regard to the Word of God. He would love to confuse you about the Word of God. That's the way we really first saw him was confusing the Word of God. He started out with that as uh, he tried to confuse or did confuse the instructions of God to man. The man was Adam, the woman was Eve, the Word was simple, but still Satan confused their understanding of it. That's what he does. He's a confuser. Genesis 3 and verse 1. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Isn't that interesting? That the one who fell from heaven tells now the woman of the Garden of Eden that when you eat of this, you'll be like God. That was his sin. That's what he wanted to do. One of the tactics Satan uses to confuse our understanding is to confuse our understanding of, of the Word of God. He makes it easy for us to take things and misapply them. And, and we, we preachers uh, talk about taking text out of context. He does that. And it, it confuses our biblical understanding. He loves to confuse us. He loves to get us turned all around. I've been pastoring for, um, hmm, what, 41 years now? I've been a pastor for 41 years. And I cannot tell you the number of times that I've had a phone call or someone come to see me at church and say, preacher, I was having this discussion at work with somebody, and then then begin to talk about how confused they were. And sometimes it was maybe that they didn't have enough understanding, and other times it was because Satan had done what he does. He Confuses. That's not all that he does. He hinders us. It's no joke to say that Satan gets jittery when the work of God is being done. He doesn't like it. When a soul is under conviction, nearing the place of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, what does Satan do? He does something to hinder, to hold that decision back. He's always trying to hinder us from taking the next step in the work of God. Matthew 13, 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan will do whatever, whatever, he can to hinder the Word of God from reaching into the heart of lost people. He'll do whatever he can. He will try any tactic he can to hinder the work of God. He'll even use us. He'll use you and he'll use me. He will, he will cause us to become somehow or another a hindrance to those who are in need of responding or at least hearing the Word of God. We can be a hindrance to them. We can be a hindrance by our action. We can be a hindrance by our attitude. We can be a hindrance by the way we live. There's a lot of ways that we can hinder other people. I'm telling you, there's somebody looking at you, and they're either being enhanced in accepting and understanding and believing the Word of God, or they're being hindered from it. And if they're being hindered, I've got to let you know, Satan's behind that hindrance. It's a way that he does his work. We can be a hindrance to someone who needs the message. Every distraction can be a tactic of the devil to hinder the Word of God. He'll try to hinder you from receiving God's truth in your life. It's part of the work. And he finds a way to hinder the gospel and the truth of God's Word. He just majors on hindering. He started out confusing. He started out hindering. And he's still doing it. And let me tell you this, he flat out opposes. Now here's an interesting verse, and it uses the word hindered, but actually the word hindered means opposes here. 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Because he wanted to come to you I, because uh, we wanted to come to you, I Paul again and again, but Satan hindered us. That word means Satan sat in opposition against us. Sometimes it confuses, sometimes it hinders, sometimes he just flat opposes us. He just flat comes against us in our faces. Zechariah three and verse one. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. Here Zechariah gives a picture of what happens oftentimes when God's people are doing God's work and Satan stands to accuse them. Satan stands to oppose them. Have you ever felt like you were being opposed by Satan? Have you ever felt like that that you were doing something for God but the opposition of Satan was so very much. How do you respond to that? What do you do when you're trying to do something for God but sense or feel the opposition of Satan? What do you do? Well, do you let him win? A lot of people do. A lot of people just decide to let him win. Look, it is not an unusual thing to be opposed by Satan, to be discouraged uh, in the work of God, or to be discouraged from the work of God. And that is a, a tool of Satan. At the close of this message, we're going to talk about how effective that tool is. But Satan will try to discourage you From the work of God. Satan will try to discourage you about the people of God. Satan will try to discourage you about the care of God. Satan will try to discourage you about God Himself. Satan will try to discourage you. He wants you to be discouraged. Satan doesn't look out and say, Oh, wow, there's somebody that's getting ready to really get on fire for God and do something great. I think what I'll do is let them go and get as fired up as they want to be. He doesn't do that. Could I make a little pastoral application here, a pastor that's got eight months left to be your pastor? Could I make a little application here? I believe that this church, I honestly believe that this church is on the the cusp of doing some great things. I believe this church is on the cusp of, of doing greater things than it's ever done before. I really do. And Pastor Ray made his announcement back in May. And here we now, here we are now eight months from uh, the fruition of what Pastor Ray announced that he was going, that is uh, that I will retire as a pastor at the end of May. And do you know what I think? I think a lot of people I really believe this with all of my heart. I think a lot of people have fallen for the trick of Satan and allowed themselves to just get discouraged and just kind of put it on cruise control and just kind of say, well, let's just kind of wait this out. Do you think God put that in you? Do you think God said to you, hey, listen, what you ought to do now is just kind of, set it on cruise, don't be real excited, don't be all stirred up, just kind of wait because something else is going to happen. You're going to have a new birthday come a new pastor time. Do you think that God said that to you? God didn't say that to you. The discourager, the one who opposes you and the one who opposes the work of God said that to you. You must know that, you must understand that, you must believe that, you must realize that every time that your step goes to do what God would have you to do, and you are hindered from that, you are opposed from doing that, you are discouraged from doing that, that that discouragement did not come from the Lord Most High. It came from somewhere else. He is confusing people. He is opposing the work of God. Satan is always on the job. And we should know what he's doing. It's not just God who never slumbers or sleeps. Satan never slumbers or sleeps. He's confusing the understanding of God's word. He is hindering the gospel message. He is opposing the work of God at all times. And in any way possible, he is doing whatever he can. He is the ultimate ultimate confuser and hinderer, and he is the deceiver. He will lie to you? My goodness. He will flat out lie to you. Listen to this in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. 13. For such men are false prophets, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond by their deeds. I think this might be what Satan does the best. I think Satan, probably better than anything else he does, is he deceives people. He's the Pied Piper. He plays his song and he leads both the saved and the lost further and further from the heart of God, further and further from the will of God, further and further from the truth of God. His enticements are neat. His enticements are cool. But his enticements, you get this, his enticements are always a lie. He is a liar and the father of liars. Years ago, there was a, is Smirnoff a vodka? Don't answer out loud because then everybody will know. <clears throat> I think it is. I think Smirnoff is a vodka. And they used to have a uh, a slogan, Smirnoff leaves you breathless. I remember that. And I remember <clears throat> that they would buy uh, They would buy signs along the interstate, or they'd buy signs in different places. And they would put up there, Smirnoff leaves you breathless. And they had this absolutely stunning woman there, kind of like this. Smirnoff leaves you breathless. You know what that is? That's his tactic. You know what should have been up there? Some little snotty-node ragged kids And a a woman with a bruise on her face and it should say Smirnoff leaves you homeless Smirnoff leaves you loveless Smirnoff leaves you penniless you know how they come up with that good stuff because Satan is the ultimate deceiver his enticements are neat his enticements are cool we think it's really cool The presentation is never as stark as the reality. He promises the best, but he pays with the worst. He promises honor, but he pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure, but he pays with pain. He promises profit, but he pays with loss. He promises life, but he pays with death. And do you know why? He's a deceiver. All of this is the work of Satan. But how does he do it? How does he accomplish all of this? Well, let's talk about the way of Satan. He's got a way that he does his work. Pretty interesting, really. Now that we've some idea of who he is and what he does, how does he, get, how does he make that work for us? Well, I'm going to boil it down to three simple things. There's probably better things than this, but I'll give you three. First of all, our text says that he devours. Satan devours. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Think about that word, devour. Seeking someone to devour. We think about those things that can devour us. Several years ago when we were in South Africa, we were on a game uh, reservation and we looked across a stream on a, the, in the valley just off of a hill and there were two lions there. And I mean, they were a good, I don't know, probably 150 yards at least, maybe 200 yards away. And my thought the whole time was, those guys could be here and devour us at any second. We think about things that devour. You know how, a, you, you know about polar bears? Did you know that polar bears feed almost entirely on seals? That's enti- almost their entire uh, food. And, and the way that seals feed is they dive through holes in the ice to get their, their meals. And what a polar bear will do is if a polar bear realizes that there are seals nearby, that polar bear will go into the water and he will get under the ice where there's a hole and he'll make a little, just a minuscule, you wouldn't think a big giant polar bear could do this, but a little minuscule scratching sound that sounds like fish. And the the seal comes and the seal dives in the hole to to get the fish and and immediately is devoured by this gigantic bear this is how satan does that there's a little tiny scratching noise of wow i got this itch maybe you think should i could i should we could we And then the next thing, you're eaten up by it. Here's what James chapter 1 and verse 15 says. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. King James Version says it this. Then lust, when uh, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. In 1979, when I was 29 years old, I preached a sermon on that very verse And since I preached that sermon, I've told you about it before. Other people have preached it, quite honestly. There was a gospel group that took a song, and they made a song out of it. And here's the outline of my sermon from 1979, Errol. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to pay. 1979. And could I tell you that in 2016, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to pay. And do you know why? Because Satan doesn't play, he devours. He'll devour your life, he'll devour this church, he'll devour this society. Satan devours, that's what Satan does. Well, what else does he do? Well, he tempts us. He is the king of temptation. 1 Thessalonians 3, 5. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter that had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. If he doesn't devour us, he worries us to death with temptation. Just worries us to death. I, I always talk about food, you know, and how something really good is in the house and it just worries me to death. So I just have to eat it. I, in fact, I just saw today, and, and this, is really, this is really something. There's a thing, you know how the Internet's got everything now. There's a thing on how to keep cake, homemade cake, how to keep cake fresh to eat it as soon as you make it. I mean, I'll go with that. That makes sense to me. Here's what we think of. We think of Satan tempting us in big areas of sin. But, but he, Satan, he tempts in a subtle way. If Satan can get us To take the wrong fork in the road, he can eventually lead us to the path of destruction. That's how Satan does his work. That's how it happens. Sometimes he devours suddenly. Sometimes he tempts subtly. And then there are times when he just sifts us, just sifts us, just grinds us to powder. Luke 12 Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he may sift you like wheat. How many times have you and I seen Satan at work in seemingly harmless circumstances, and he gets people confused, disoriented, misdirected to the point that eventually they lose their way, and then you say, whatever happened? You know how that is? That's the sifting. They they get all messed up until they're just sifted out. Some of us, not all of us, some of us remember when Batman was a comic book. We remember when that's all that it was. It was a comic book. And then after that, we remember that it was a television program that had big, thought things that said, pow, kaboom, thwack, and things like that. And then eventually it became a series of movies. In the series of movies, there's a character called the Riddler. The Riddler makes a riddle of everything. He just riddles it all. Riddle me this, riddle me that. And he's the Riddler. Sometimes we may wonder why simple, ordinary matters of life get so confused. Well, it's because there's a Riddler at work. And it isn't Jim Carrey. Satan is riddling. Satan is sifting. He's mixing. He's muddling. He's riddling. And when others see things clearly, we don't see them at all. And we wonder, why can't I see them? It's because the sifter, the Riddler is working. And we don't see it. You ever known somebody that just completely lacked self-awareness? They just just good, did not know how other people saw them? Oftentimes the reason for that's because they've been riddled. And then sometimes there's a lady, her name is Miss Understanding. And misunderstanding is put in our way. And misunderstanding sifts us. And misunderstanding dilutes us. And misunderstanding confounds our way. I will tell you that, as far as I know, misunderstanding is the member of every Bible believing church. Every single one. I don't think that there is a church in the world, not just America, but in the world, where misunderstanding is not a member. She never came forward and joined, she never got baptized. Quite honestly, you 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 don't even know what she's gonna wear from one Sunday to the next. She is just misunderstanding, and that's what she does is causes misunderstanding. And that's all part of the sifting of Satan. You wanna You wanna let Satan win? No. We can't let Satan win ever. We can't let him win. then what do you do well let me tell you about the war with satan and then we're done we're at war don't you think for a moment that we're not we're at war I, i i'm i am more than a little put out with the leaders of our country who have a hard time identifying radical islamic terrorism as an ongoing threat to the country i am more than a little put out with that By the same token, I'm more than a little put out with believers who do not realize that Satan is trying to sift his work and destroy it. There's a lot to be said about a lot of things, but let me tell you this, we're at war with Satan. It's hard to see, but it's very real. Let me give you three things I think and we're done. First of all, expect it. Expect that you're at war with Satan. Again, from our text, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Most people have just quit looking for Satan. They've just quit. They've just quit looking for Satan. Look. I, I went, I've, I've quit going to the FSU games. I quit several years ago, and not because I don't want FSU to win. I do want FSU to win. I just quit going several years ago. But a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go yesterday, and I had the privilege of going with my friend yesterday. And I want to tell you something. Satan is at FSU. Whew. My goodness. I heard Satan talk. I saw Satan's fanny hanging out of her jeans. (laughs) Satan is at FSU. And can I tell you this? Most of us just walk around and, wow, young people these days. (laughs) Look at these young people, what they're doing. Do you know where all that came from? Do you understand that we are at war? Do you understand that we we there is no sexual revolution anymore? That, that revolution is over. There's now an established nation of sexual promiscuity. It's not a war anymore. It's established. But we're not looking for it any longer. That, we're just not. You, have you ever thought to yourself, "Look, looking at our, man, I'm into this now, looking at, at what's going on in our country, have you ever thought to yourself, how did we get like this? Man, oh man, how did the ever allow to be elected and And then, how did all of that happen? You want me to tell you where it happened? It happened when the bugle sounded because the war was on and believers slept through it. We didn't think it was real. That'll never happen. We don't have to worry about that. Not in our country. And Satan the whole time was saying, I don't take a little territory, I take it all, every last bit. We think that Satan has moved to the Middle East. Satan hadn't moved to the Middle East. He is alive and well in Tallahassee. He's right here. He is alive and well. Well. And if we're not on the lookout for him, he'll do his work and have his way in our lives. You see it every day. Look, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but just do you not see Satan at work every day all around you where you are? Do you not see that? Do you not see it? Surely you do. And it doesn't matter where you are. Surely you do. He is at work. We have to expect it. Here's the second thing we have to do. We have to protect ourselves. Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In all circumstances, take up the shield uh, by faith, and uh, which you can exist, uh, where you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Here are the instructions to protect yourself, and it leaves no part of your body, mind, or spirit unprotected. If we are devoured, beguiled, confused by Satan, it's because we didn't put on the armor, or we didn't keep it up, we didn't maintain it. And once, once we are on the lookout and have a properly armored ourselves, then we resist the devil. Just resist him. Just resist him. In discouragement, resist him. In distraction, resist him. In sifting, resist him. I am going to resist you. You will not win me there is something next that I'm supposed to do. There is someone next that I'm supposed to speak to. There is something next that our church is supposed to be. You will not, you will not get me. James chapter 4 and verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 1 John four in verse four, little children, you're of God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. How do you resist the devil? One little girl said this, whenever Satan knocks on my heart, I just send Jesus to answer the door. You say, well, that's simple. Yeah, it's simply genius. It's just Genius. It is just genius when Satan is trying to discourage you to call on the name of Jesus. And if you want to say it out loud, say it out loud. Jesus, Satan is trying to discourage me. Satan is trying to get me off track. Satan is trying to mess with my head. Satan is trying to sift me. Satan is trying to hurt me and discourage me. Jesus, please answer the door and send him packing. He said, Well, he won't really do that. No, he won't. If you, if you ask Jesus for help, he's not going to help you. Well, of course he will. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will help you. Just put Jesus out front. The war against Satan is best fought when we're on the lookout and we arm ourselves with the Spirit's armor and we fight against him. There's two things to remember. Look, you flee lust. And you fight the devil. When when the lust comes, and you know, I don't have to define lust for you. When the lust comes, and, and, and the best thing to do is go the other way. The best thing to do is pass the person in front of you that's causing your mind to go places it shouldn't go and get on in front of that person. You... How many times have you heard me say this? You can't stop a bird from lighting on your head, but you can keep it from building a nest. Just run from the lust. Just run from it. But when it comes to Satan, flat out Satan, stand up to him. Stand up to him. One pastor wrote these words. I read once that the devil was having a yard sale, and all of his tools were marked with different prices. There was hatred, jealousy deceit, lying, pride. They were all very expensive tools. But over to the side of the yard on display was a tool that was, well, it looked like it was almost worn out. But it was the most expensive tool that he had for sale. And the tool had a label on it. It was said, discouragement. And when questioned, the devil said, why, it's more useful to me than any other tool. When I can't bring down my victims with any of the rest of these tools, I use discouragement because so few people realize that it belongs to me. I call on you as believers to resist the devil. I call on you as a church to resist the devil, and he will flee from you.